Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, changing the way you think as a sports better. This is episode number 16, early Saturday morning, October 27th, 2018. I was up late last night watching that World Series game, and oh boy, went, uh, what was that, 18 innings, Dodgers made it a series, two games to one now, Red Sox. Uh, the Doggy Juice Best Bets on Twitter and Instagram went 5-1 and one last night. We actually had a surprising card on Friday night. Uh, usually around this time of year, Friday night doesn't bring too many plays, but had some stuff that met the model. We went 5-1 and one on plays. Uh, one of those was including the Dodgers. Found a good price on them. Um, but, yeah, that included 3-1 and one in college football best bets with three Moneyline Dog winners. The dogs were barking last night. Anyway, in this episode, I'm going to just jump right into the weekend card. This is pretty much the busiest time of the year uh, for at least the sports calendar year. And any time I spend on this pod is not time spent trying to find that value. So we're we're almost at that perfect time when college football and college basketball interlap. Can't wait for that. And let's not forget today when we're making our bets and during this crazy time when there's you know literally every sport going on that. It's all about striving to hit 55% in the long run, so keep your unit size in check, search out for that value, and keep building that bankroll. All right, let's jump into the weekend card for College Football Week 9 and NFL Week 8. Starting with College Football Week 9, my play of the week is Iowa State. And unfortunately, if you're just going to try to bet them now, you are late to the party. I got them at minus 3, minus 115 earlier in the week and added a little more at minus 3.5 and and minus 4. I still lean this one at the current number, but now it's at minus 6 and continuing to grow. So the value has been sucked away from that one from vultures like me. But if you could find a favorable money line price here, that might be the correct route. Um, But either way, anything under 6 I think is a good go with Iowa State here. Then. There's tons of reasons to like the Cyclones in the spot. I think that they're one of the best buy-on teams out there. There's a lot of sharps who think that Brock Purdy is the quarterback that Coach Matt Campbell wanted at, at quarterback all along. And let's let's not forget that this guy got recruited by Alabama. He's a dual-threat quarterback. In his last two games at the helm, he he's completed 75% of his pass attempts for 11 yards per pass play. And he's also run for 131 yards in those two games um, at the helm. This is a team that I still think the markets are they're still underrating the Cyclones, even though they've covered 10 of their last 12 conference games. Their past defense is really coming along strong and shows very well statistically, including, I mean, they held Will Greer to 1.8 yards per pass play, which is no easy feat. And, um, yeah, they're, they're underrated. I think um, this, the aspect of them and their past defense is underrated going against Texas Tech's freshman quarterback, and they're a Texas Tech's a team that's going to throw the ball a whole lot, so that plays right into Iowa State's strengths right now, and I think there's a lot of similarities between the Texas Tech and West Virginia teams from the coaching tree. Um, there's a lot of crossovers there between those two teams, and you saw what happened when West Virginia came to Ames a couple weeks ago, um, which also happened to be one of our best bets on the podcast that week um, when Iowa State won outright. Um, so I, I think this is a great spot for them at home. I think they're really starting to hit their stride with Purdy at quarterback. This is a very underrated team. And also consider the fact that Iowa State's lost three times to Iowa, to Oklahoma, and TCU. And those none of those are bad losses. And in those three losses, they went 2-1 and one against the spread. Anyway, so this is a stock market situation in Iowa State uh, telling you to buy low on them. And 
Danimal is not making a showing this week, but um, he likes this one as well. I think he hopped in at a better price. Um, I don't know, like four and a half, five and a half, whatever. But this is also the Danimal lock of the week. So let's get this one. Iowa State, let's get that win, baby. A little late to the party on the number, but I do like the Cyclones today to roll. In the Michigan State versus Purdue game, we have a weather-related underwatch here. The total on this one opened at 51, so we didn't get that early value. But when it started to look pretty clear that the weather will be rainy and 8 to 10 mile an hour winds in East Lansing, I expect a slow pace um, in that one. So I got in on the under at 48 in the first half under at 24 in that. And I mentioned on the pod earlier in the week, I have a bit of Michigan State money line in pocket at minus 120, and the markets have actually moved on that one this morning. Now Michigan State's catching a point. Um, and that, my idea behind that was more of a fade of Purdue coming off their big home win um, over Ohio State last weekend, which is the biggest win of this entire generation for them. I apologize for the construction going on across the street here. That's Chicago for you, but anyway. Um, but I think we're getting a few points of value on this one uh, with Michigan State. You know, just line value at plus one. But having said that, after locking in that initial Sparty position, I'm concerned that there are some injury issues with them here too that don't make me too crazy about that play. So for me, the under here is what I like. Uh, the price is right. I got it at the 48. If you get a good number, it's not just a play on the weather, but it's also a way to get behind that Purdue hangover effect in the game where I expect a slow grinding pace. So I like the under more than that Michigan State play in that one. Another one that I'm taking a look at is the under 52 in Northwestern versus Wisconsin. I think uh, we're getting a few points of value on that one. Um, That one's interesting because Northwestern, um, Wisconsin's laying three and a half now, so a little bit of money's coming on Northwestern in that game. But I like the under in that one more, especially getting 52. If you shop around, you should be able to find a 52. So I'll be on that. At least I have a small play on that one right now. Wow, look at all this Big Ten action that I'm looking at. But Iowa, my alma mater, um, if we can get a full touchdown at Penn State, I was really looking to make a, a full position on Iowa getting plus seven. Um, I did lock in some Iowa plus six and a half once I started seeing the lines drop the other way. I think it's down to five and a half now, six. Um, but I think Iowa fits the type of mold that can beat the Nittany Lions here. Um, it, you know, They can win this game outright for sure. Iowa's a live dog. And as I said in the pod earlier this week, Iowa's defense is one of the best in the country right now. They're allowing 14.1 points per game and allowing 4.4 yards per play on defense. And on top of that, Iowa's defense is eighth in the nation in third down conversions. So I think a good case can be made here for for the Hawkeyes getting the points, not really getting the best of the number at five and a half. I really like to hold out. Um, I was hoping for the seven, six and a half for less. Uh, but I would say if you can get in at six or better, that's a good look at Iowa. Sprinkle a little money line. But I also want to take a look at the under here. Um, look for that at 52. Maybe a little bit of Iowa and under correlated parlay. But I think we can get a um, good defensive effort from the Hawkeyes here. Not many big plays. Um, Iowa should run more plays than Penn State, which is an underrated aspect why I like the Hawkeyes here. Uh, but but uh, I think it could be a look towards the under as well on this one. Moving into the SEC, the Doggy Juice model supports Arkansas this week at home against Vandy at Pick'em or Better. I got I got it at plus one. I uh, could maybe find plus one and a half. Arkansas is still a bit underrated and has covered four straight games, and I'm not sure why Vanderbilt should be laying points on the road in any spot 
with this team anyway, and let's not forget that Vanderbilt has lost 30 of their last 36 SEC games. Another game where I think the wrong team is favored. I think I like this one even more potentially than than uh, Arkansas. Well, no, it's close, but Texas A&M getting the points on the road at Mississippi State. This one opened higher, but I still think the wrong team is laying the points here. Uh, Mississippi State, their their offense looks it looks like it's fizzled, um, and A&M is a very strong team in my ratings. Let's not forget that A&M's two losses were to Alabama and Clemson. And the Clemson loss is only by two points. Uh, A&M's well coached. I think they're the better team here. So anything in the plus range is in the take range for the doggy juice model. As I mentioned on the pod earlier in the week, I've got a unit on South Florida. You can catch plus nine. And they're at Houston this weekend with that angle I talked about on the pod earlier in the week with South Florida having this game circled, uh, triple revenge spot. Um, one of their only losses last year was was to Houston. I'm taking a look at Oklahoma State, plus three and a half at home against Texas. I've been a, I've been big on Texas this whole year. I have their season win total over eight. Um, but this is not a spot where I want to, where I typically like to back Texas. I'd rather have Tom Herman as a dog than as a short road fa- road favorite here. Um, and I also like the under in this one as well. I would look see if the Texas quarterback Ellinger is going to be healthy today. I could expect you know if he's going to play part of the game or oh, that's another look. But I, I like the under 62 in this one as well. Um, Oklahoma State getting the points in the under 62, or I think I'm going to get in involved for uh, a bit on those. Probably not full positions, but those are showing well for me. Under 52 in USC ASU tonight. JT Daniels, the USC quarterback, will not be making the start today. Instead, they're going to roll out the third string quarterback and redshirt freshman Jack Sears. No relation to Sears, who uh, just filed for bankruptcy. When you look at ASU's output against the better teams, they just don't score as much this year. And I also think USC, they've been a good under team anyway. Um, from that standpoint this year, I've been looking at more at their unders. Um, just I don't think the markets are properly appreciating that. But uh, but here, you know, you got a freshman uh, redshirt quarterback. I think they're not going to want to risk too many big plays with him. Uh, at least that's the way I think. And it, it shows well at under 52. You're not asking for too much. I think Arizona State... Like I said, not scoring a lot against the big teams, so that's a good look on the under in that one tonight. I might take a look at Stanford at minus three here. Uh, the numbers are saying that might be the way to go, but uh, phase, fading Washington State here is, you know, they, they look like the real deal, especially we were on them last week, the podcast give out, and they beat Oregon at home. Um, but it is a cheap number for Stanford fading Washington State. It's more the spot. This is a big letdown spot for Washington State. However, you know, after that big win where they, they had um, college game day and Pullman and it was a big deal. They all got up for that game, especially the defense. But at this, on the flip side, I think they're so well coached by Mike Leach that they actually might have momentum. And if he keeps them um, motivated and their mind's in the right place, then maybe it's not worth taking Stanford here. But I th- actually think I lean more Stanford first half uh, to get the co- coaching mismatch more out of play here, especially after looking at Stanford's propensity to – to not have a good fourth quarter this year. Their fourth quarter numbers are dreadful this year, if you remember that Oregon game for starters. But that could also be in their heads, their poor fourth quarter play. So in order to get that out of the, the situation, you know, if you could find uh, minus one and a half, minus one, or even a decent money line on USC, uh, I'm going to start at USC on Stanford in the first half, then uh, I think that might be the route I'm going to take in order to fade that Washington State angle. They might come in a little s- slow in the first half on that one. 
Um, it's an ugly one, but this worked before. Florida State, uh, we had them against Miami and, and uh, made some coin earlier in the year. Uh, they're getting 17 and a half, but I think I like the first half Florida State even more in this one. I was able to find a plus 10 this morning, 10 first half points. Um, it's just a good look for me. I think I mean, it's the largest home underdog role in almost 40 years for Florida State. It's a rare spot. Um, you look at their team, they have a lot of top recruits, and they're going up against Clemson, obviously, but obviously markets are reflecting um, Clemson's you know, skill position, difference in the skill position. Obviously, Clemson's a way better team. I'm not arguing that, but Florida State, don't forget, this is a team that's, you know, in history, in the past gotten five-star, four-star recruits, and a lot of players from the state of Florida where there's a lot of good players. So they're still a good team, and when they can get up for a game like this, I think it's a good angle, uh, especially with an outlier line in, in this particular program, to take a look at them, and especially the first half. Getting 10 points in the first half against Clemson, I mean, they could be down two touchdowns and get through the back door at the end of the half. There's a lot of ways to cover that one, so I think there's good value on Florida State there. I lean Georgia um, in the game against Florida, uh, laying six and a half. I might look to play this one live, though. If Georgia goes up early, it's tough to imagine Florida getting back in it. Um, I'm going to look at the under even more here at 52, and there's a lot at stake in this game, and I think both teams might want to be avoiding the, you know, like a, a bad play might be Playing it slow, a little close to the chest at the beginning, so I, I lean the 52 in this one. Do lean laying the points with Georgia. I might look to just play it live, though. Potentially a Florida team total under as well. Just, still trying to figure out how to attack that one. And for anyone thinking about laying the number with Oklahoma today, I expect Kansas State to slow this one down a bit, so be wary of that move. Um, there's not enough for me to get to play Kansas State at the current number. I probably need plus 27, which we're not going to see, but I do lean that way. Um, and also the under. You will not see me play in Oklahoma. Um, but I think the under could be worth a look there. All right, let's move on to NFL Week 8. Hello! I know I mentioned the Lions um, earlier in the pod, earlier in the week. Um, I locked them in at minus 2.5. But after further analyzing this one, I'm not as crazy about it. I'm glad I locked in that 2.5 because I, I did forecast to move to 3, um, and it did go to 3. Uh, but I might come off my position up a little bit. I'm not quite sure, but I think this line's pretty damn close to where it should be. One team I am going to bet, though, the Vikings, I actually have them. Actually, I already have bet them. I have them in pocket at plus one at home on Sunday night hosting the, the New Orleans Saints. Um, there are some injury worries here for the Vikings that hold me off adding more. So monitor that situation. Um, Anthony Barr is still out with the hamstring. Lyman Riley Reef is out. Xavier Rhodes is questionable, but Everson Griffin's returning to the team after going cuckoo. Uh, pay attention to the to the inju- to the, the can't talk, to the injury status of some of the players, but even despite those injury concerns, I give the Vikings three and a half to four points of home field advantage at U.S. Bank Stadium Sunday night. This is a spot where I'm happy to get into play with them as home dogs in a game where I have. I have the line closer to minus two, minus three on my stuff right now. The Vikings have been an interesting story this year. You know, you saw them lose at home, get blown out, and the craziest result of the year, probably of the decade, or at least up there, uh, against the Bills. And you've also seen them, you know, be down on teams and show what they're capable of. Uh, the defense hasn't been the same, but we know what they're capable of. And the, if they have that home crowd behind them on Sunday night, they also beat the Saints twice last year. It could be a revenge angle for the Saints, but I think they're coming off that 
big win in Baltimore last week um, with Justin Tucker missing the extra point. Um, and big win for New Orleans there. And so I think, you know, it could be a spot where they, you know, they happy to get that win. They are thinking about last year's two losses to Minnesota, but it's not going to be a huge angle. And I think the Vikings getting a point at home is a good way to go. The 49ers at plus one or pick minus one. The pros are on them this week. I, I got in it uh, a little bit of all those numbers, but I like it even at minus one. Uh, the pros, like I said, they're in on this one for a few reasons. Um, first of all, the yards per play numbers and other key analytics heavily favor the 49ers here. Um, and the 49ers lost at home to the Cardinals a few weeks ago. It was deceiving, even though we were on the Cardinals at plus four and a half there. I think the turnover battle difference and the 49ers really were the better team in that game. The Card- Cardinals are also um, they're in the midst of that change on offense with Byron Lefwich, the old Jags quarterback, taking the helm as offensive coordinator. I expect some lumps there, um, even though he's he might change around that offense a little bit. I think it's a good matchup for 49ers here with a massive coaching edge here as well. Um, there are a couple of points of value here, so I will ride with the 49ers for a small play. Some NFL totals that I have in play. I've got the over 49 in Oakland uh, hosting Indianapolis. The market is at 50.5 now. Uh, I locked in Steelers Browns under 51. The market has that at 48.5 now. It's just a reminder to get the best number at the right time. And I also have a bit less on the over 52 in uh, the Minnesota New Orleans game that I just mentioned. The market has that one at 53 right now at the time of this recording on Saturday morning. For the hometown Bears, this is the largest favorite role they've had in any game since 2013. I like the over in this one more i have some 43 and a half in pocket um not for big here but i think that's that's actually a good angle um but i'm i'm not laying the points with the bears you're not going to see me um lay the points with mitch trubisky even though they're going up against the rookie sam darnold i you know I, i can't do it there are some good teaser candidates this week and remember we only consider teasers when it's a six point teaser and when you aren't laying much juice on it and most importantly, when you can tease through the key numbers of 7-3, and three, and especially in games with lower totals when the points are more valuable. But we do have some teaser candidates this week uh, that fit that model. The Steelers, down to minus 2, is probably my favorite one. They're hosting the Browns. I don't want to lay that big number with the Steelers, although I do kind of lean that way. You know, it's a big game for the Browns, big. Um, obviously, they want to avenge... The or, you know, I mean, actually, if anything, the Steelers tried to avenge what happened at the beginning of the year, that, that tie, um, which was just ridiculous. Um, if you remember that game where the Browns were plus five in turnovers, but the Browns always step up to play the Steelers. At the same time, Steelers are off the bye, so I don't want to lay the points, especially where I think it's lower scoring, but I will tease the Steelers down to two. Uh, other teams that are teaser candidates, uh, I did mention the Bears. You could tease them down to one and a half, just laying minus one and a half. The Rams, um, you could tease them down to two and a half because um, that's at eight and a half now. You can find eight and a half uh, on the Rams. You could tease that six points through the seven and the three. And the Panthers, you could tease through the three and the seven up to plus eight, even plus eight and a half. And what is supposed to be a lower scoring game against the Ravens. I have a couple of open Colts teasers from last week when I teased the Colts down to minus one and a half, uh, hosting the Bills. I'm going to be tying in some of those open ones with the Panthers plus eight, the Steelers minus two this week, but I have some combinations of all those aforementioned um, teaser candidates in play at various levels. 
And lastly, the I'm taking a look at the Packers. I really was hoping to get plus 10. They are on the road against the Rams, who I just mentioned you could tease down to minus 2.5, which I actually have. I did in a couple. That was probably the one I, I liked the least for the reasons I'm about, I'm about to explain. The Packers, uh, I was hoping to get plus 10. Didn't, so I locked in some plus 9.5. Uh, but we'll see where this one goes. I do think this is worth a look just because Aaron Rodgers – Getting those type of points, he's always he can always get through the back door, and he's also getting some receivers back this week. And the Rams are coming off three straight road games, and their home field advantage is not worth as much. Packers always travel very well, so minimal home field advantage. It's almost like saying if you give them two points for home field advantage at plus nine, you're saying that the Rams are seven points better than the Packers. I don't have it that way. Maybe four around that range. At least uh, that's where my models got them. Don't have it up right now, but it's in that range, so I think we're getting two-ish points of value on this one. Probably should be laying closer to a touchdown, if not a little bit less, according to my stuff, the Rams. Eh, probably close to a touchdown, so we're getting a little bit of value. I'm going to look at the Packers as well. All right, well, that'll do it. Stay tuned on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me at Doggy Juice for some value plays and prop plays that I might put up. Speaking of props, I am going to hone in on those in a future episode. In today's um, DFS world and with sports betting evolving, prop bets are the future. The best value you can find anywhere are found in prop bets, and I'm going to touch on that more in the upcoming weeks. I've posted some of my top prop bets on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice, so look that way, but that's where the best value can be found. There's lower limits on those, but... Uh, most likely you're not working in a situation where you're betting prop limits at some of your outs, but there's a reason why there are lower limits on those. Those are the best edges, the soft, softest edges you can find are in props, and I really like them. Uh, so anyway, give me a follow, and that'll do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod. Remember to get your Doggy Juice Challenge picks in, top five picks against the spread, before Sunday noon central time kickoff to me. Otherwise, just, uh, yeah, stay tuned for more info. Give me that follow, and uh, good luck with your bets this weekend. Have fun, and let's get some winners again, baby. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Good luck with your bets. Doggy Juice out.